everyone. Welcome to this episode of Bipolar Black Girl. I'm Mayor Fortin. I am your host. Jamila joins us from Florida, where she is raising two teenagers. She has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder 2, generalized and social anxiety. Hi, Jamila. How are you? Hey, friend. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. So, before we get into uh, your story, let's get into a little bit about how we met and, you know, why we think we connected so quickly. Yeah. Like, I feel I like mean, immediately. Yeah, we've known each other for, what, like 10 days? And it's just yeah, like, we've known each fact. other forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, You're that's... my bipolar buddy. I know. <laughs> and, I mean, the first time that we talked, we talked for, like, two hours. And yeah. I'm not a talker. You're a talker, but <laughs> I'm a total talker. But yeah, that was yeah. crazy. So, um, yeah, you know, and that's the good thing about the bipolar community. You know, we feel so alone in you know our experiences, and when we meet somebody that understands what we're you know what we're going through, you know, it's just like an instant connection. You know, because we've been looking for that connection for so long. Absolutely, I've had. Uh connections with everybody that I've interviewed so far, like outside of, I mean, after the interview, we still catch up and check in with each other. So it's very, it is very nice to have a, a community of support and, and know that like, I can text you if I'm like, Oh, Jamila, this is happening. You can be like, calm down, you know, yeah. or breathe <laughs> or whatever, you know, and even just about things that have nothing to do with our mental health conditions. Like, you know, uh, just, chatting i just feel felt very comfortable with you from the beginning yeah same and you know i have a bipolar bestie that i met on instagram and it was the same thing it was just like an instant connection um when my dad passed away last year she like i knew her for i don't even know like maybe it was a few weeks and you know like she kept up with me and checked in on me more than anybody else you know so I'll always remember that. And, you know, like we hold each other accountable, you know, for some reason, we're always on the different mood spectrum. So if she's hypomanic, you know, I'm just, you know, I could be down or I could just be um, stable. And, you know, we keep each other in check like that, you know, because if she's, you know, doing too much, you know, I'll be like, okay, you know, I'll be the voice of reason. And then the right. same with her. So. It's That's awesome. awesome. You guys hold each other accountable. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So why don't we get a little background on your journey with uh, bipolar disorder? All right. So um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 36. And I had gone basically my whole adult life um, having depression and not really you know, knowing what it was. Um, I actually just thought of something the other day that I did when I was younger. I mean, I was like a teenager, like maybe mm -hmm. 13, 14. And that made me realize that I had depression before, you know, I was an adult. Because um, I right. thought that it started at 18. But thinking about that, like, I guess it was like a, repre a repressed um, memory. And thinking about that made me realize that I had been going through this earlier than I originally thought. 
Um, but yeah, so I was diagnosed and then um, I, well, over the years, I, w- I was diagnosed with depression first. And then over the years, I was on like every antidepressant known to man and none of them worked. Um, and so eventually I went to a family doctor and I was just like so depressed and I was like, just, you know, give me something to make this go away. And he gave me a piece of paper with like a questionnaire with like maybe seven to 10 questions. And he was like, you know, answer these truthfully. So I did. And I gave him the paper, you know, I wasn't, I was like, okay, maybe this is like a pre-screening for, I didn't know, you know, and, and then he came back and very nonchalantly said that I have bipolar. And I was just like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and, you know, cause I was like, how can you know that off of 10 questions that I answered, you know? Right. I just, so I didn't believe it. I took the medication that he gave me because, you know, I just didn't want to be depressed anymore. And it was an antipsychotic. And I took that for about five years, Um, but it didn't really help me. And I was in denial about bipolar. So I was in denial until 2021 when I had a mental, complete mental breakdown. And mm-hmm. I ended up having to go into intensive outpatient um, program. And I mean, I learned a lot from that program and I thought I was okay. Um, and then I did start taking my mental health seriously and I admitted to myself that I do have bipolar, um, bipolar two. And I just, um, I forgot what I was gonna say. What was I talking about? Uh, you were talking, you're asking someone with ADHD. Um, you were talking about how you uh, didn't, um, you were in denial about your, disor- about your disorder. And then finally you started oh. to believe it after going to, um, uh, yeah. Okay. So when I was, when I got done with IOP, I was serious about my mental health. Um, I thought I was doing well, but then I ended up getting laid off, um, in quotes, um, from my job and I went into hypomania and I was hypomanic for, from January to May and I spent a lot of money. I started a business that I had no training in or anything you know and then it's just like i went on vacation and when i came back it just like hit me and you know how we do i had absolutely no motivation yeah yeah oh and during the hypomanic time i was sleeping i was not sleeping um a Mm -hmm. lot and that's the first time that i noticed that that's happened um it hasn't happened since then but i would like stay up until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, get up at 7. Um, so, so yeah, after I got back from my vacation, um, I went into a depression, and I started therapy with a new therapist, and we connected instantly. 
Her name is Jamila, like me. And oh. <laughs> that's why I picked her. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it worked out. <laughs> so, yeah, we connected and, you know, I went into therapy. Um, I was like, okay, I have to be honest, you know, like I have to tell everything, say everything. And, you know, I was so nervous and I feel like I just blurted it all out, you know, and it was just like, okay, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I don't have, to, I'm yeah. not going to say that again. Um, but yeah, ever since I've been with her, like my life has changed and she's helped me so much. Um, and it's been a little over a year. That's awesome. I'm glad that you could find someone who you could connect with and um, talk to because I know that's, that can be very difficult. You know, I love my psych, but I had to go through a couple of them before finding her. And she's, she's altered my life in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through a lot of therapists and psychiatrists, um, but I've never connected to one like her. And I never, I wasn't as truthful with the other one. So, you know, I wasn't really getting treatment for what was really going on, you know? I did the same thing. I lied in therapy. I I just was there just to get through it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, whatever you want to hear. And exactly. it's not until, uh, you know, until my nervous breakdown that I was like, it's like I couldn't hold the lies. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell them because the truth was just like coming out of me, blah, 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 blah you know. And um, so finally I was I was getting help. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened with me. Yeah. So I understand that um, you have a history of bipolar disorder in your family. Um, not particularly bipolar disorder. Um, mm. a lot, I suspect, um, a lot of my elders, um, had mental health conditions, but mm. it was so taboo back then, you know, they, you know, it wasn't, um, addressed. And they did a lot of self-medicating and mm -hmm. it was like eight sisters and every single one of them, I think except one was, was doing that. You know, they weren't making healthy lifestyle decisions. So I think that's where it stems from. Um, but my, my parents okay. don't have anything, um, any mental health issues and but me and my brother do so it's okay. like how can your only two children you know have mental health conditions when you know they didn't well i mean it's genetic kind of luck of the draw you yeah. know it's like um, a skip you, generation you know if either of your grand any of your grandparents ha had uh mental health conditions no, no but you know back then people you know they didn't talk about it but from right. what I remember. They're not that you know of, really. Right. I mean, my yeah. grandfathers, I didn't know. They um, passed away when I was really young. Mm -hmm. um, and so my grandmother, my blood grandmother, she she was not. She was like the perfect angel. Yeah. <laughs> aren't all like, black grandmothers? Huh? I said, aren't all black grandmothers? Yes. And I was her favorite, so. And then my other grandmother um, isn't my biological grandmother, so, but okay. um, she had some issues too, so. Um, and then, you know, some of my cousins, um, I mean, some are diagnosed, some are 
Well, I don't know. I have some cousins that have been diagnosed with um, mental health conditions. So it's kind of like in our generation, it Mm -hmm. runs in our generation. So I feel like it kind of skipped a generation and we are dealing with those issues. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, clearly there's a genetic history of it. Um, yeah, my um, according to my great uncle, there were many people like me in the family. Um, his his brother, my grandfather, was the oldest of like twelve, mm-hmm. and I think like ten of them died. Or no, maybe eleven of them died from alcoholism. So there was clearly something going, on. and and their and their parents were alcoholics. I think you know it's all self medication, self medicating, and like. You know, I think clearly there was something going on there. Yeah, I mean, that's the same with my family. Um, and the last one who passed away, she was she smoked her whole life. She drank her whole life. And she was like 90-something, you know, and like she outlived yeah. all of her sisters. So, yeah, it's funny how that happens. It definitely is. My grandma lived a long time and she smoked. She didn't drink, though. Yeah. But she smoked like a like a train. <laughs> Up until she was like you know, I think she died when she was eighty two, so maybe when she was seventy eight, seventy nine she quit smoking. Yeah. The damage is already done. Yes. Yes it was. <laughs> but I mean eighty two is still kind of a long time considering she probably started smoking in her twenties. Yeah, you know? I mean it's a long it's time. Yeah. I have an aunt that smoked a lot, and she lived to be 81, but she died from, um, you know, smoking, COPD, like smoking-related issues, so. Uh, let's get back to um, your, how how bipolar has affected your, your like, day-to-day life, like, what uh, what does work look like, what does raising children as a bipolar mom look like, Um yeah, especially what does that look like? Um, work is tough. Um, I have problems concentrating. Um, I have problems focusing. Like somebody will say something and I'm like over here and then I come back and I'm like, oh shoot, they just said something important that I didn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you have diagnosed me with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do is ADHD. Yeah, Um, but I do take Adderall for work, and it's helping. It keeps me focused, and I'm just like in the zone. Um, So that's what makes me think you have ADHD. (laughs) Like you exhibit all of the behaviors, and you're on a medicine. (laughs) Well, the thing that I think is, it's either the medication gives you brain fog, or um, it's taxing. On, yeah, and it's taxing on your brain. Like every time you go through a mood switch, you know. So I don't know which one it is. I'm leaning towards the latter, um, but I, I need to look into that. But sorry, we're getting yeah. off, off track again. So no, that's okay. So as a mom, as a mom with bipolar, um, I think that I handle it well. Like I've never like yell like snapped at my kids and you know yelled at them Mm -hmm. um the only thing is when i have my depressive 
moments, you know, I'll be in my room and, you know, like, and I've told them, you know, if I'm in my room a lot, you know, it's okay. You know, it's because I'm not feeling well, but you can always, you know, come and talk to me. It's not like, you know, you can't talk to me. And, you know, they're older now. And I told them that um, I have bipolar. So we talk about it all the time. It's just like, you know, it's just like a normal thing, you know? So that's good. And I think that them knowing that makes them more empathetic um, towards other people. So, I mean, it's not all a bad thing, but I do have the thought like that I'll pass it down to them um, Mm -hmm. because I was diagnosed after I had my kids and you know, it's, they're good. My daughter is good. Um, Mm -hmm. My son's uh, 14. He's good, you know, so I'm just praying that, you know, they don't have anything like that because when I was their age, I was, I was showing symptoms. Right. Yeah, I didn't, I um, decided not to have kids after my diagnosis because I didn't want to take the chance. And uh, my husband who deals with his own mental health conditions, um, like the chances were too great you know, that we would pass them along to our offspring. So, yeah, know. and I think it was the best because at times I do feel like, you know, oh, well, I could have helped them go through it. But then the on the other hand, I'm like, I wouldn't want anybody to have to go through this, especially not my kid. So exactly. I wouldn't wish this uh, on my worst enemy. So no. What do you know the age when um, teenagers are no- are normally diagnosed or when you start looking for signs? I don't know, but I would think, you know, around the age that they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of, at least I would know, like I know the signs, um, but a lot of parents really don't. So, right. you know, right. people aren't diagnosed until years later. Oh, yeah. I wasn't, I was diagnosed at 36, so yeah, I feel you on that. Um, yeah. on having a later in life diagnosis, but, but I reflect back and I, they're clearly like from a very, very, very young age was bipolar or showing yeah. symptoms of bipolar disorder. Yeah. Um, definitely. So you also, let's talk about, um, your generalized anxiety and social anxiety. How does that play itself out and, and how do you manage with that? I was just talking to my friend about this a couple of days ago. Um, I feel like the generalized anxiety, I've had it my whole life. So it feels normal. You know, I don't really mm. notice it. But the big thing is the social anxiety. Um, uh-huh. I think I always put that on the back burner because I felt like, you know, everything else mentally was, you know, more important. Um, but I mean, I've had social anxiety since I was a child, you know, I was always shy. That's why I don't, that's why I think I don't have ADHD. You know, I was always shy. Um, and (laughs) girl, read a book, read the internet. I'm (laughs) telling you girls, girls with ADHD are often shy. (laughs) 
Well, when my doctor diagnoses me, then I'll believe it. But um, okay, but I think you should read some. It's maybe putting your whispering your doctor's ear and say maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm kind of scared of that diagnosis. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've already really? got so much. I'd rather just live in denial, like I did before with my bipolar. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not good. I'm supposed to be no. here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would just look it up. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. have, but I'll pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> if you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. So let's talk about your um, treatment and what that looks like. Are you medicated? Um, other other than Adderall, do you self-medicate? Do you, you know, wh- how do you um, manage your head? Um, I am medicated. I um, am on, um, I was about to say Celexa. Lamictal um, is a mood stabilizer. Well, first, okay, let me back up. So the first medication that I was on was Seroquel. And mm. I took that alone for years. Um, and I liked it because it helped me sleep because I thought I had insomnia. But when I think back on it, that wasn't insomnia. That was probably hypomania. Um, mm-hmm. So I started that. And then once I went through, you know, my breakdown, um, I think they just um, diagnosed a higher dosage of that. So that's probably why I went into hypomania because I wasn't on a mood stabilizer. But later that year, and during the summer, like July or August is when I started taking it. And it changed my life. Like, I mean, my racing thoughts stopped within a few days. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, is this really working this fast? Because usually, you know, they say it takes four to six weeks, but not with Lamictal. So um, I started that. And then I'm also on Effexor which is an antidepressant, um, anti-anxiety too. Um, I'm on that for my social anxiety. Um, what else am I, and then the Adderall. I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I think that's it. And then, you know, I just go to therapy. Um, I utilize my coping, um, skill, my coping mechanisms and like those are going, on hikes or walking through the park. Um, I like to drive, which is a lot of people with anxiety don't like that, but it's just, it's calming to me. So I have like this area of town that I drive through that's beautiful. And, you know, I just like to drive and listen to podcasts, you know, because like that's the only time where I can like really, you know, pay full attention. You know, because mm-hmm. other times when I watch them or listen to them, I'm at work, I'm working. So, so yeah, I like to do that. Um, I like to do photography. And, um, yeah, I mean, those are my hobbies. You do. Do you have a, like, special kind of photography that you like doing? Like, um, people, landscapes, um, no. animals? Definitely not people. <laughs> But I like to do landscape and like nature. Um, yeah, nature shots. That's that's my favorite thing. 
Nice. You know, because I discovered nature, I fell in love with it. And then, you know, I just started taking pictures and I was like, oh, wow, you know, these are pretty good. So, I mean, but I've never been professional. Um, I had a Canon at one point, but I mean, now I just use my phone. You know, it's it's right. better than spending like $800 on a camera. Oh, absolutely. Um do you do you do any um physical activity other than hiking? Do you do um you know yoga no. or Pilates <laughs> or the short answer is no. All right. <laughs> but my son, he's really getting into working out and going to the gym, so we're going to get a gym membership because I need to like get moving and you know, he goes to the gym in our neighborhood and there's not really that much in there. Um, so yeah, we're going to get a membership and he's going to be my personal trainer. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would be you like a nice yell thing. You, right? Huh? What's that? I was going to say, I thought, I think it feels like a nice, you know, family activity to do. My daughter's going to do it too. So, you know, something Absolutely. positive. I said, you know, he's going to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> Three no. more reps. No. He will not. <laughs> <laughs> so um is there anything else that you'd like to get into like to share with us that maybe can help somebody else with uh who's managing bipo- bipolar disorder or maybe somebody who just recently received a diagnosis um yeah i mean the one of the biggest things is to find a community um of people who go through the same thing um Another thing is to go to therapy. Um, I know that like the first visit is the hardest, um, but once you get through that, you know, it'll get better, you know, if you connect with your therapist. And also I would suggest to kind of interview, you know, therapists. So maybe have like three that you're thinking about and, you know, Mm -hmm. go to the visits and see which one you connect with the best. and then medication. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent for medication. Um, you know, and you have to work with your doctors. You you'll you'll ha- probably have to go through a lot of med changes to, you know, find that combination that works for you. But once you find that, is it's so worth it. You know, combination of the correct medication, therapy, and community is the goal. Absolutely, all three things are are key to being able to navigate your um your mental health conditions no matter what they are bipolar or adhd having a community that can support you and where you can find common ground with people is very important when you go to your therapist tell the truth (laughs) like yes don't lie (laughs) The truth will set you free and you'll be, you know, and you'll get further in life. Yeah. Uh, just, but I suggest you know. in that first, when you're interviewing, don't, you know, just kind of briefly, you know, say what's going on with you. Oh, yeah. You don't, don't go out and you don't have to tell all three of them your life story. No, no, no. I meant, I meant after the interview, after you have your, your first appointment or when you have your first appointment. And I do strongly agree with you about interviewing psychiatrists. Um, you want to find someone who 
understands you and that you feel like you can have that that bond with that trusting bond with um and you know who who do you think based on the conversation um that you have with them who do, who speaks best to you you know mm-hmm. who understands where you're coming from or um you know it is 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 understanding of your story does that make sense and of your of your condition right yeah and for me what works is i have a therapist and i have a psychiatrist um mm-hmm. they're colleagues so my therapist suggested my psychiatrist and i mean most both of them are just so great you know like my experience with psychiatrists is just like oh you know how are you feeling and then you know they just write a prescription here are your um, meds yeah yeah but you know i talk to my psychiatrist she knows you know about things that are going on um and you know if i need anything you know she'll call me back and you know um you know cuz like she'll see my number and she you know one time i was calling to ask something about an appointment and she saw my number and she's like is everything okay and i was like yeah i was just oh. want to know where my appointment is um and both my therapist and my psychiatrist listen to the podcast that i go on so oh cool yeah it's really cool what's up to them <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't have a, I don't have a therapist. I have a psychiatrist. I I also have a psychologist that I see with my husband, but for individual, it's, I, you know, talk to her for 50 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, from what I understand, I was, I was talking to somebody else in Florida. That's like not the usual. Yeah. I mean, it was for me for a while if, you know, but I didn't want to do therapy, but I mean, it helps. I, for a long time, I was going to therapy once a week, and mm-hmm. we just recently went to every two weeks. So, oh, that's good. You're making progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, congratulations I mean, I just, on that. Thank you. I mean, I just like talking to her because sometimes I don't know how to communicate effectively with other people. Um, I'm not good with like confrontation and stuff like that. So, you know, I run things by her and I'm like, you know, what should I do? Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I don't think about think like everyone else. So I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I want to be able to communicate and be understood and not be seen as being irrational or, you know, anything like that. So. It's just, I guess right. it's just a comfort thing, you know, to just run stuff by somebody. Yeah, that I'm the opposite. I'm I'm heavy on the aggression, so <laughs> I have learned to stop, <laughs> breathe, you know, don't go to jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have those moments, but you know, I don't know. I think that I have uh, BPD, and I think that might be just like my go-to for some reason. But I'm working on it, and um, it's actually a nice, it's a much better life than, you know, walking around, you know, all aggro all the time. So I'm liking it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jamila. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed listening to your story and um, just being able to chat with you um, is awesome. 
yeah, I feel the same way. And thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. So. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself.